0: Virtually super trained, I blocked by dotcom. Virtually super trained, I blocked
1: Hello, everyone. This is Dan, your main host for Eventually Super Train, short lived TV show podcast. We cover short lived TV shows, never got enough love. Eventually, we'll cover Super Train. This is episode 132, and we are beginning this episode with, um, and I hope you're all well, by the way. Uh, I don't remember what I was going to say next I'm just going to talk about the shows I was probably going to say something great Um, The uh, Tales of the Gold Monkey Begins this with Kiki Wrights Joining me to discuss an episode of that And then the great Christopher Bly Will be back to discuss A two hour episode Of Battlestar Galactica And then Kristen Hawes will be uh, here to join me For a discussion of episode four of The Middleman! Middleman! I think you gonna enjoy the show, everyone. So let me uh, play a little uh, bit of Gold Monkey, and then uh, we'll go right into it. See you on the other side. <laughs> Episode 10 The Late Sarah White, directed by Harvey S. Leidman. written by a whole lot of people. Um, uh, Marianne Kastka, Michael Chef, Don P. Pelisario, George Geiger. Aired December 22nd, 1982. Hooray! Merry Christmas! This isn't a Christmas episode, though. And I will say that there are, what is it? It's this is a two hour pilot movie and then 21 hour long episodes. So that means at this point we're pretty much, by the time this episode ends, we're halfway through the series. Although not quite halfway through the regular episodes. So this was the late Sarah White. Sarah is reported uh, that she has died um, in the Philippines, and Jake and the gang head out there um, to try to find out what was going on. She died doing a secret mission uh, out there, and um, General MacArthur might be involved. Actually, that's the full uh, description of the story. They, They go out there to find out whether or not Sarah's dead or not, and, um... If you know the way TV shows work, there's a good chance she isn't. Although, if the ratings weren't good on the show, there's a good chance she might have been killed off and they would have replaced her with someone else. But I think the ratings were actually pretty good in Tales of the Gold Monkey. But that's that's for another day. And this um and this is the end of my yakin. Let me give you an Elly Queen burst. And Kiki Wrights and I are on the other side. Bam bam. The late Sarah White. Or as I keep calling it, the late, great Sarah White It doesn't matter, it's it's all it's all awesome And I have here with me the uh, the wonderful Kristen Hawes Kristen, how you doing? What's going on? What's happening?
2: I'm sometimes late, but often great How yeah, are hey, you?
1: Hey, I'm doing alright, I'm ready to um, discuss this episode we're, we're, I think we're almost at the halfway, this is like episode 10 I think there are 22 So we're getting near the halfway point of the episodes here And... Um, this one, well, I'm not. I was gonna, I was gonna comment on the episode, but I'd like you to do that first, and that would be very nice of you. Please, thank you.
2: <laughs> okay, well, you know, for this episode having like 14 writers, um, I actually quite <laughs> like it, even though Sarah's not in it very much. Um, spoiler alert: she's not actually dead, mm. um, despite the title. Um, Her her Rambo outfit at the end of the episode was just magnificently – That kind of makes up for the fact that she's not really in it Mm -hmm. throughout most of it. That Rambo outfit is just glorious. I love it. (laughs) Um, But I do quite like it because I I like the fact that that Jake refuses to accept the telegram that she died of hepatitis Mm -hmm. and that he's so insistent that he's willing to fly to Manila to investigate things and I, I think it's like a, it's a fun little adventure thing uh, episode, even though it does have some emotional weight to it, because mm-hmm. he is pretty torn up about Sarah. So I really do actually like this episode. What do you think of it? I, I think I think it's a,
1: it's, a, it's an excellent adventure uh, episode. Uh, it, it moves along nicely. It's got some good twists and turns. Uh, it's, it's never dull. Uh, it's got some great lines in it, like um, something around here stinks, Corky yeah it's probably us we've been in the plane for three
0: days
1: (laughs) and there there are a lot of good moments there's um, uh, uh, some some good sort of um, red herring type things there's a couple of good fight scenes Um, there's a lot of I mean it's the Philippines so it's humid and everyone's sweaty you're gonna just remember that Um, and there's a lot of sweat and uh, there's a fake MacArthur fake General MacArthur which is always fun and uh, it's just it's just it's 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 a well done episode with a nice it's it's great because it's one of those where obviously sarah was there doing government spying and there's something really big going on and our guys are there just to find out whether she really truly is dead but then they get involved in this huge thing which becomes kind of more complicated as it goes and it actually hits a point where i sort of I just i just let it ride where they were kind of like saying, well, this guy met with this guy over here, and then this guy met with this, and then this happened over here, and then this is, ah, just keep on moving. Just keep on, <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying myself. The second time, you know, I took I took down all the names and everything and, and got all the connections and stuff. But I think, I mean, from the opening scene with MacArthur and um, meeting with the the Filipino guys in the jungle and Sarah taking pictures and getting, getting grabbed, and she lets out a huge scream... Um, to to the final scenes with, like I said, the fake MacArthur and um, uh, a really big fight, um, which I, I will I will say the final big fight is a mix of some really exciting fight stuff and a couple of stunt guys who are phoning it in, but it's not <laughs> terrible. The 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 chauffeur to the fake MacArthur's car, he steps out of the car and he he falls over from his his gunshot wound about. A half a second before the gunshot goes off, <laughs> uh, which is too bad, but not not terrible, not terrible. Um, uh, but uh, overall, it's 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 a good. I mean, this this is the kind of thing I expect with the show. It's a, just a good adventure. It's a little complicated, but it's not overcomplicated, and it keeps on moving. And when you think things are going to slow down, suddenly, like half of the Philippines wants to beat up. Jake and Corky and, and and make kick Jack around, you know. So so it, it keeps it keeps it moving at a nice pace, and um and you got to know that the uh, the one guy in the white suit who isn't sweating, mm, he might he, <laughs> might he might he might I don't want to spoil it. He might not be a good guy. I don't want to I don't want to say anything. But yeah, overall I think I think this is this is a really this is a really fun episode, and this is kind of what I was I was kind of either hoping the show would um be like the the first episode. You know, going into the island and the caves and the giant monkeys and the craziness, or something like this, where it was more like a um, high spirit of adventure and excitement kind of thing. So, yeah, I, I like this episode uh, quite a lot.
2: Yeah, I do like that. That your enjoyment it does not hinge on whether you, or not you understand the swapping of the general macarthur for the fake general macarthur which i love a fake <laughs> yeah. general macarthur i yeah. love anytime they're going to put macarthur in anything because they literally just stick a hat on a guy with some shades and a corncob bite <laughs> yeah, and call a, him macarthur a, you could have put anybody in there yeah i would have believed you yeah um so, so i like that you don't have to understand the complexities of the politics behind mm-hmm. that you just have to know that the you know you can go along for that ride and just be like, listen, we have to stop them from switching a fake MacArthur with a real MacArthur. That's all, you know, that's all we got to know.
1: Yeah. And there's, I I think I may have actually been looking away at the moment when the one, uh, um, government guy said, that's a fake MacArthur or whatever it is. He says,
0: (laughs) and I like looked
1: up and I was like, what, what just happened? And I rewound it. And, uh, and it's like, oh my gosh, wow. And the way, the way, um, the, the, our, our, bad guy kind of shoots the fake macarthur is really like quick and brutal yeah like he he, he just um uh when, when they get attacked by all, all the guys in in, in in the jungle there uh the fake macarthur kind of goes like oh my gosh what's going on and our bad guy just turns to him just like shoots him in the gut
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's like ooh that's that that guy's not nice no and, and so we i get,
2: was oh, i knew he wouldn't be because it was nicholas Pryor so i was just oh, sure. like yeah yeah, yeah. shady
1: of Shady. course, yeah, yes, and so you get you get lots of lots of lots of fun fights and, and chases and uh, the goose flying around. I mean, the, the one tricky thing with the goose is that the goose is almost like in BJ and the Bear. You know, it's like um, you know we we've got to get into this place. We've got to sneak into this place, and um, you know it's going to be crowded, and we don't want people to see us. Well, let's get in the truck, you know, and they start up the huge eighteen wheel rig. And they're riding along. And it's like, how is nobody seeing that? How are you sneaking in anywhere? But he does it quite often. And with the goose, it's the same sort of thing. It's like, okay, let's just fly overhead and see what we see. All right. Oh, there's MacArthur, and everyone's looking around like, what the? f what is, what is that? And this plane goes overhead. It's like, oh, it's a plane. Okay. It's like they're not they're not ninjas. Uh, and, and and so I so so I like the fact that I like the fact that that doesn't matter either. The planes flying overhead, so what? And, and the moment where um, they're flying over these these patches of of jungle, jungly forest area, and there are all the people there that they're trying to get to. And they said, you know, okay, let's let's uh, let's let's go let's go let's lander and and go talk to them. And then all of a sudden, there's a shot of them like landing on water, and you're like, where's that water in relation to everything else? Is that? I didn't see any water when they were flying. <laughs> Where's that? How far away are they? Do they have to run a couple miles because they're going to be sweaty? Yeah. Because it's the Philippines. But um,
2: it's so humid.
1: <laughs> yes, but but overall, I mean, something like that. Who cares? You know, yeah. at the end, at the end of the day, that's that's just me watching it and thinking. They say, okay, let's go land. And then when they show them landing, you're like, oh, that's right. They have to land on water. They they can't just find a clearing and land yeah. in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what what else? What else do you? Do you like or dislike or, or whatever about this one?
2: Um, oh, I liked that. Okay, so they get – he, Jake and Jack have been off on a mission, and when they come back, that's when they find out that Sarah's died of hepatitis, according to a telegram. And everybody's sitting outside the monkey bar looking very sad. Mm-hmm. And when they go inside um, – Jake drops Corky's limit so he can drink as much as he wants because you know he's so sad. And then Willie is talking about Sarah and he's oh, kind yes. of making it awkward because he's being a bit of a creeper about it. Yeah. And Louie <laughs> yep. kind of corrects him about yeah. you know he's talking you know making him talk about her faith.
0: <laughs>
1: yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. That's a good that's a good moment when Willie kind of uh, he really he likes her. He really yeah. likes her.
2: And then <laughs> and that's how Jake distracts him because he's like. Jake is convinced that Sarah is alive, and the reason why he believes that is because otherwise he would have come clean about her being a spy if he thought oh, she yeah. was dead. Mm-hmm. And when he catches himself twice, and the second time he goes, because if I thought she was dead, I would have told you. And he catches himself, and the and Willie's like told <laughs> told me what, and he goes that um, Sarah has a secret yen for you, right? <laughs> 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 uh, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: just really liked that. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. That was nice. Um, let's see. Um, what else do I like in this one? Yeah, there is. It's it's. Um, I I I do sort of like. Uh, now I, I I did say sort of ignoring sort of the politics of the area and everything, but there is the thing. I mean, this is. I, this is. I forget when the the U.S. stopped being in the Philippines. I think it was right after World War II. I believe that sounds right. Sure. um and and so and so you see a lot of the filipinos are sick to death of white people and so
2: same
1: so, yeah, yeah yeah i'm not gonna no arguments here i cannot <laughs> i have all the i have all the mirrors in my house covered cuz i <laughs> i cannot do it i'm not a vampire i just cannot do it and really if you were a vampire does it bother you that much that you can't see your reflection cuz they always do that don't they in vampire movies the vampires cover up the mirrors i don't think i'd care
2: I don't think I would either
1: oh yeah um or maybe 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 there is something sort of a vanity there that I don't know why am I talking about vampires but um yeah so there's <laughs> there're the white people and they're 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 picking fights with Jake and Corky as as often as they can but it's nice because sort of all those people are kind of a separate thing from all the other people they're just kind of like um they're kind of like the uh, I want my two dollars kid from better off dead. <laughs> You know, it's like when John Cusack's character like is in the, in the in the midst of it in that movie. Suddenly, that kid will show up, and he's mm. just like this other force that he has to deal with. That's part of the society that's there. That's there. So, I, so I kind of like that. Um, uh, that that's mixed in too, to sort of add to the um, and 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 they, and they do say that you know not everyone feels that way. It's just it's just one of those things where like, you know who do who do we sort of pay attention to the most? the loudest and the most annoying. Pe- those are the ones we hear the most about. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what <clears throat> what this is. The angry people get noticed more than more than the nice guy who parks the, the goose for a few days. Yeah. And who warns them to be careful. Uh, so what else about this? I'm going to notes.
2: <laughs> I do like that when they do park the goose, and so it's like a, they said it's a 30 minute walk, the bar that they need to get to, or mm-hmm. the embassy that they need to get to. It's like a thirty-minute walk, and Corky's like, "Well, I'll just stay here and guard the goose." And J- Jake's like, "I need you to go with me because I don't speak Spanish." And he goes, "Jack speaks a little." <laughs>
1: he probably does.
2: Well, he said yes. He barked. Yes, twice. he did
1: say yes. That's right. He did bark twice. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, still, I will say, I still do have to think about that whenever he barks twice.
3: Mm. I still,
1: I, it's, it's never an instant thing. Where I go, that means yes. I always have to stop and go. Like whenever I um, like whenever I'm trying to point someone northeast or south, uh, northeast south or what. You know, I always, I always. It. What is it? Never eat shredded wheat. Yes. And I go and I point because I know where north. Like in L. A. Where I am, I know where north is. Um, and so I'm always like, you want to go? Never eat shredded that way.
0: <laughs>
1: and even I've been doing that for decades, and um, but. Uh, uh, oh, oh, this episode does include a kiss montage and an almost kiss montage between yes. uh, Sarah, Sarah, and Jake, which is which is nice. Sarah looks a little different in some of the earliest um, ones. Maybe it's probably just her hair. Yeah,
2: the evolution of humidity.
1: Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> exposed, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna, yes. it's gonna, it's gonna uh, yeah. Um, oh, 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 oh! Uh, the princess is back.
2: Yes, oh, with her she, poisoned plants.
1: With her poison plant, she has this. Yet yeah, in the back of the bar club, whatever it is, she has uh, lots of poison plants, and she um, she uh, uh, offers uh, Jake um, a drink made from the poison plants. I part of me thought, I have a little, because he doesn't have any, and he's mm-hmm. he's he's not fallen for her wiles. I probably have. Uh, would have already. Um, oh if I yeah, me too. Oh uh, yeah, there's. I mean, she's she's legging it up. She's got the the um, the decolletage. You're not gonna. That's a good time. And she's a princess. Why not? Yeah. Why sure. not? Why, Why not? not? You know, all little girls want to grow up to be princesses. Why not this one? The yeah. One with the one with the nice boobies. <laughs>
2: And the excellent taste in clothes.
1: Yes, yes. She's always she's always very classy and I, I like I just love the pe yeah, the guy she has ever <laughs> has around her so much. And I wish I wish, I part of me was like Jake, have a little sip of the drink. Just I, I think I think what Jake should have done is said, No, I'm not gonna drink got up to like he was leaving, turned, picked up the drink, gulped the whole thing down, set the drink down and left.
2: Yeah.
1: That's what he should have done because he didn't know whether it was poison or not. It wasn't or, or it's something the princess can drink that maybe she's been drinking it for ages and is used to it. I don't know. But I like the fact that he just may have just been, been a little bit like, I would have liked if he would have done that. Because he would have just given her a look, maybe a wink, and just left. Yeah. Because she, she's totally nuts for him. And uh, and I, I just thought that would have been an extra little bit of zing until we meet again.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and Toto just absolutely cannot stand that she fawns over yes. Jake because mm. he says something about why do you let this man humiliate you, and she's like, I don't know, like most of the time that would, the rejection would piss me off, but in this case it whets my appetite, and then yeah. she drinks her poison, and I'm just yes. like, she's perfect. Yes, Yep, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I do, I do, I, I'm sure she'll appear more. But I, oh, yes. I, I I like I I can't wait to see her again. Maybe maybe in more of a um, more more doing more in an episode than just having a few scenes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, uh, but what what else about this one? Let's see. We there's a dead white guy in a grave. Yes, probably where we should stick all of them.
2: Um, <laughs>
1: uh, let's see. There's that. Yeah, cause they
2: they do go they're trying to find Sarah's grave to find her body to prove that she's dead Mm
3: -hmm. and they
2: run into um, Jack Kimball who we saw like in The Black Pearl the bomb episode
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
2: and um, he's working for the State Department and he's also looking for Sarah because that's where this whole thing there's a leak about MacArthur's plans and they're Mm -hmm. trying to find the leak so they use Sarah to try to flush out the leak and they thought it was this guy who is dead in the grave but it turns out that it's not him, it's actually Nicholas Pryor, but um, it's great, but when they open the grave now that's obviously set up to happen they open up the coffin and it's set up to happen like right before the, sure. the commercial break yes, yes, but um, Corky covers his eyes and he covers Jack's eyes <laughs> when they open the coffin so they don't see it <laughs> first and then he's like, and then Jake has to tell him it's not Sarah, and he's like, oh well, yeah that's not Sarah, who is this dead guy? <laughs>
1: uh yeah yeah that's uh oh oh i forgot um uh jack's uh allergy or his sneezing oh that's that, an interesting plot line. what did you think of that? that
2: i loved it because it was so, in a way it was kind of a callback to the pilot in which the pilot was nothing but a brass monkey joke and yeah. in this case jack's allergies is just it's an it's a, a prolonged doggy blue ball joke
0: yeah exactly
1: <laughs> Exactly, yeah. When, when, when Jack's been um, without the lovin', or, or I think as Corky says, eh, 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 or something yeah. like that. He, he whistles. Yeah, yeah like... that's a Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> um,
1: when he's been without it too long, he gets bad sneezes. So part of the thing is throughout the episode, they're trying to figure out what it is he's allergic to or why that's happening. And all they can remember is last time it happened was when they were in China a year ago.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and and then and the end there's a very well. I, I'm sorry.
2: Well, I was just going to say that they, he they keep saying it's Jack's allergy, and he keeps barking no, it's not an allergy. Yes. Mm-hmm. He keeps arguing with him with them about this.
0: Mm-hmm. They keep insisting
2: <laughs> it's an allergy, and he keeps saying no. And I just think that's hilarious. And they keep blessing him every time he yes, sneezes. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Every character does.
1: Yeah, whenever it, he sneezes. And, and and yeah, and and the episode ends with a very sweet moment with like, uh, yeah. Jack there with this little lady dog, like in a tent, and he's kinda of got resting his head on her head.
0: And mm-hmm. they're
1: ador and they're adorable.
2: <laughs> and even Sarah's not offended no, that no, no. it was all he did it all for the nookie.
1: Yep. <laughs> and that while all this craziness was going on with multiple MacArthur's and shooting and all this stuff, he was in the tent. Yep. He was in the pup tent, as it were. Mm-hmm. And uh yep. <laughs> Having a nice time.
0: Yeah.
1: At least someone was enjoying themselves. But That's if, true. But and we do, obviously we do, we do get um, Sarah back. And like you said, she's in a cool outfit when yes. she steps out of the, um, almost sort of like it was designed for her or like someone they, s- sold it for her.
2: They they had it waiting for her. They just yes. knew. Yes, yes. One day a redheaded woman will come along <laughs> that will fit this outfit. What, and she what, does beautifully.
1: And what was the... Um, uh, the princess was. Well, so what are you doing here? I'm looking for Sarah White, that undernourished co-ed yes. who thinks yes. she can sing.
2: Yes. Oh my gosh, I loved that. <laughs> which, is great,
1: which is a great
2: line. <laughs> oh yes.
1: Yeah. I, over overall, it's 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 a well-paced, I think I think funny, and uh, and 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 uh, and pretty pretty sharp episode of the show. I think. Um, I what, think so. what what else you what if you're having this because i think i think i've i think the last thing i had was mentioning the uh jack and his trouble
2: i um oh i just wanted to mention there was a cute scene with um louis and gushy because um jake comes in he's convinced that sarah's in manila and that she's alive and so he's shouting orders at gushy i need this i need this and he tells you know uh Corky to get the goose ready and he he needs these supplies and he tells Louis he needs this loan and all of this stuff and um, at one point Louis or Gushy comes in with the money or Louis comes back with the money and he Louis tells Gushy, one of these days you're going to guess wrong and Gushy says, But not today.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it's 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 nice as the um um yeah, as it's going along, I'm I'm really even even if the episode itself is kind of a dud, I'm really enjoying the characters. I'm enjoying seeing the characters. I mean, when the princess shows up, I was like, yeah, you know, it was it was uh, it was it's it's nice to it's nice that it's nice that our Nazi guys getting more to do. Yeah, and uh, it's just I think it's a good, it's a good bunch of characters, a good bunch of actors with a decent uh, 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 round of characters. Um, and like I said. Even if even if the episode is a bit of a stinker, so and this this one is not. Um, no. uh, it's still it's still fun to watch them, which is which is a good thing about a show like this. Because if you get one where the characters are kind of kind of stink and you get a bad episode, you're just wasting your time.
2: Yeah, and there always seems to be a bar fight. So there's always a bar you know, fight. Yeah, you, you, you can't go wrong with that, especially in this one because Corky's hitting people in the head with a paint with paintings and yes. Jack ends up stealing... The guy's got, like, a machete or something. He, oh, yeah, He's swinging yeah. it at, at Jake, and when... And Jake gets him down, and he steals the knife, the machete, yeah. from the
0: guy. <laughs> yeah. So, and
2: he, he actually kind of started that fight, Jack. The dog did. Yeah.
0: Because he,
2: mm-hmm. he gets beer poured on him, and he bites some guy's leg. Yes.
1: And he so gets the, rumbling, yeah. I,
2: I will never not love the fact that they basically treat Jack like people.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: No matter what, so he yeah. has dialogue, he has action, and he is just as likely to start a bar fight as any of the characters.
1: I, I like to. It, it occurs to me that how how, how far what was it? they say it was like three thousand miles was how they how far they flew it was something like that, yeah, right? It was something a, like that. So, so I like the fact that they went three thousand miles to get in a bar fight.
2: They, yeah. Ra- rather than
1: stay at home.
2: That sounds like something my family would do. <laughs>
1: Uh, you know, I just, I've been in bar fights all around the world Yeah Uh yeah, thrown through a window in that one And <laughs> beaten to a pulp and thrown into that, you know, that The big wall with glasses and bottles behind the bar in that one. Oh, that was fun I got slid down the bar, and they, you know, where they put your face down And you go, whoa! Oh, <laughs> fun Oh, the fun I have Uh, bar, bar fights across the world <laughs> Uh, so what what else do you have on this one? I I think um,
2: okay. um I just have one little bit of trivia left, oh, please, please. and that is um Sam Vlahos he played the man, bartender in Manila.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, he was actually in an episode of Magnum PI oh. called Underworld, which I really like that episode.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: so.
1: Yeah, I got to start watching Magnum PI one day.
2: You do so you can understand my trivia references. Yes,
1: yes, I got, and it is out on Blu-ray now, so I can uh, I can yes. uh, hunt it down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh oh, well, one more thing I love when uh Jake Corky and Jack are leaving the embassy and they're and and the guys are walking out and Jack it runs in front of them and just kind of runs across the street and then runs back to them. There's something very charming about watching, just like Jack is in like a slightly different show or something right there. I think it's like he's running across the street to see if there are any little dogs there. And yes. then he's like, No, nothing and then he runs back to him.
2: <laughs> what's going on. He's always on the hunt.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, so overall, I think I think yeah, I, I think this I'd, I'd I'd recommend this one. I put this one up up near the top of my favorites so far. Me too. Um, and so so if, if if that's all from you, uh, where can we find you online?
2: You can find me at aka dot It is the home of my podcast Bookum Dano, an old Hawaii Five O podcast. You can also find me at my blog KikiWritesAbout.com. and you can find me probably making blue ball jokes on Twitter at kiki
1: She's the best at those she is the best. so that is um, that is that is that everyone and next up ooh next up um, and uh, we got we got a, a two hour episode of Battlestar Galactica coming up next which some of you might be fast forwarding don't wait until I'm done right <laughs> or some of you may be just just shivering with anticipation about what we're gonna talk about but um, greetings from earth everyone and we'll talk to you next time. МУЗЫКАЛЬНАЯ ЗАСТАВКА Galactica episode seventeen. Greetings from Earth, February twenty fifth, nineteen seventy nine. Written by Glennie Larson, directed by Rob uh, Rod Holcomb, who directed the previous couple episodes. Um, and this was a two hour episode. In this one, a, a ship full of humans is found drifting through space. They bring it on board the Galactica. Um, the they're in the the people on there are in suspended animation. There's a lot of discussion of should we bring them to life or shouldn't they, and one of them does come to life and and maybe causes a little trouble or two. And eventually, what happens is Apollo, Cassiopeia, Starbuck um, escort the ship to the planet Paradine, um, where the this family it's it's well it's 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 not a husband and wife it's a man and a woman and four children. One of them hers, three of them his. The other way around, I forget. It doesn't matter uh, where they have a home, uh, but they are constantly under threat from something called the Eastern Alliance, which is basically Lloyd Bachner. And uh, while they are there, um, uh, the gang of Paul Starburn Cassiopeia sort of realize that you know these are kind of humans that we've met for real, like humans, like they're they're following the instructions they were given by the White Lights when Patrick Mcnee came, came after them as the devil. And so now they feel like they're getting closer to Terra, which might be Earth. They're not sure, and they're trying to find out as much as they can about who these people are, what's going on. And, and um, Starbuck takes a trip with a strange, white-faced robot into the middle of a destroyed city to find some information that might help them find Earth. And it's a big episode, it's a long episode, Um, and and Chris and I are all over it, and um, I'm going to give you a blast, and then we're going to go to the past. Yeah, literally we are. Okay, so, greetings from Earth. Two hour episode of the show, first uh, multiple hour episode of the show since the three hour uh, pilot, although obviously we've had a ton of two-parters, but this one was uh, special, and uh so it it's two hours and and it's called greetings from earth it's it's written by Glenn A. larson and you can always tell a lot of times that i've said this before by the time you get to this point in a Glenn A. larson series a lot of times he sort of bailed out and has left <laughs> it to other people to do um mm. but i think he's still he's still got a, his vision for where he wants the show to go uh and so i will just welcome mr christopher bly uh how are you sir
3: not too bad, Dan. And funny enough, it's they've had two hours, and in this episode, just to give a little uh, little thing, Boxy has a dirty mouth in this one. We'll find out how in just a little bit.
1: <laughs> so this is um yeah. So this this is the um uh. It's a two-hour episode. It occurs. It's episode seventeen. It occurs three quarters of the way through the through the run. And um, what what did you what did you think of it altogether in, in pieces? You can give give me your description of, of what you thought of it.
0: Okay,
3: uh, well you know they wanted to go for a longer episode because we got to reel everybody into a couple of things mm-hmm. here. And uh, interestingly enough, you know, like I said, it it does it definitely brings new meaning to the term alliance because because yes. you know whenever you hear somebody that talks about an alliance. Usually, or you know, nobody actually came up with a resistance as of yet. But usually, when you hear like, "Oh, there's an alliance going there," you're thinking at first that like, "Oh, we're we're probably going to side with them," and then all of a sudden you realize they're on the other side mm-hmm. of some kind. Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting it's an interesting episode, uh, by the way. That's not Cheryl Teagues. That's um, Cindy Harmon,
0: mm-hmm.
3: who, who by the way, uh, trivia for this: uh, she used to do a lot of gum commercials.
1: Yes, that's why I recognize her from. Uh-huh. Yeah, and
3: uh-huh. also too, uh, she does have. she's is a bit of a little family of the name uh, because her brother is Mark Harmon.
1: Oh, so at Christmas time, her she gets together with Pam Dauber and they gab.
3: Ah, indeed. Oh, man. <laughs> man. No room for more, but anyway, no, no,
1: no more room for more.
3: Yeah, but I, I the best way I could I could sum this up is you look at the intro mm. and you say to yourself, Boomer, found life forms on an Earth vehicle. Looks like Interlactic Gestapo. While ones in silver outfits and ivory face sp- 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 space folk think of an alliance. All this with a boom next when greetings from Earth is heard and seen. So that would be kind of like the, the best way of like if you had to, to do this on radio. And I said, well, it would be best if like it would it. be Ernie Anderson's voice mm-hmm, in that case. new mm-hmm. Galactica. I can't do his voice, but God knows I've been seeing a lot of footage of him. But I digress. We're <laughs> yeah. on this episode because he was the voice of ABC after all. Yes, yes, so yeah, and we love him. But on this episode, though, I mean, it's two hours. I went to make it special. It was so special. At the end, there's scrolling credits, like you've just watched a movie. Oh, yes, yes. Which doesn't really, like I said, doesn't really give away anything. Mm -hmm. But um, it's kind of like one of those big deals that, oh, have we heard from Earth? Have we heard from Earth? We have something that's coming to Earth. I really feel like, you know, with this and something else, I feel like we went uh, on Battlestar Galactica. I felt like it borrowed on this episode from elements of, I would say Star Trek, because it's mm. funny because a certain ship looks like a combined version of the birds of prey, mm. uh, yeah. uh, particularly, yeah. uh, also too, I feel like we are borrowing a little something from space seed, but it's kind of space seed in reverse, mm. which mm. is to say that the powerful people are yes. actually awake. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. these other people are asleep.
1: Yes, so, exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So it's, it's kind of the reverse of that on that. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, what was it and then uh, and then here's the the nice thing is we also have a veteran of television and soap operas as one of our special guest stars mm-hmm. uh, I'm referring of course to emergencies Randy Mantooth mm-hmm. Uh um, mm-hmm. Who happens to be one of the... uh, Here's the thing. We also had a lot of curveballs in this episode, Mm -hmm. where we think it's going one place, and then there's a twist. Yes, yes. And it it happens at least two or three times in this episode, and it it does work pretty... Like I said, it takes a little time for it to get going. It does get going to a certain degree, but then, you know, like I said, you know, you're trying to trying to make a. I mean, we only come across like the, as I like to call them, the Alliance, but I call them the intergalactic Gestapo. <laughs> uh, we we kind of come across them more like halfway through, yeah, and only in like like you know like in in like doses. You know, mm-hmm. we don't actually get them in like a full shot of it. You know,
0: mm-hmm.
3: it kind of like a little spread behind, and God knows. Lloyd Bachner, who happens to yes. be our sole canon guest star in this.
1: Oh. <laughs> Probably more than once, I would bet, but but I can't oh, yeah. say for he, certain.
3: Well, he's been more than once, but the key thing is he is a, none, nobody else on this is mm. a canon guest star but him, you know. Mm-hmm. I, mean, mm-hmm. I mean, many, I'm sure, uh, well, plenty. Actually, no. Well, we have Richard Hatch is always a canon guest star, but this is a special guest yes, star. Yes, special show, guest star. Aside from mm-hmm. the cast of mm-hmm.
1: Galactic. Yes.
3: So but uh, the funny thing. So now this is one where we're paired up. We have these two. Uh, I know we're jumping around a little bit, but we're. Sure. Uh, but uh, we have these two. Uh, <laughs> uh, these two ivory individuals that were introduced <laughs> to with clown makeup, and they're basically uh, two people who are very, ad- 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 very able to jump in a lot of the musicals that they end yes. up in. Yes. And um, of course, I'm referring to Ray Bolger and Bobby Van. Yes. And Ray, it, yeah. and Ray Bulger is just coming off of his uh, many episode uh, recurring role on a little show called The Partridge Family at that time. Mm,
1: yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm. And, and and about five years before this, Bobby Van was in the Lost Horizon remake, where he jumps and dances around a lot. And I believe yeah. at one point, in order to make the kids laugh, he falls in a lake.
3: True. Don't
1: quote me you, on that. Oh, that could have been George Kennedy. I did see it
3: on I did see it on 35 millimeter a couple of years ago. Shut up. Was I, it fun? I Oh sure, yeah. you know, I mean, even though it's like you're seeing what happens to be what happens to be. And, yeah. you know, what I would have liked to have seen it on a bigger screen, but I knew just to have this checked off on my list of finally seeing this yes. fully. Yeah. so Also, too, I got to say about Bobby Van, he's one of the best things about that movie. Actually, he
1: he, he he actually is um he he actually is is energetic in a way that the movie kind of tries to isn't. be but isn't. And it's it's, it's, it's I have the Blu-ray. The Twilight Zone, oh, so right? Oh yeah, so yeah, do yeah, I? I, yeah. I've watched it probably three or four times, and it's always kind of fascinating to me. How... Some of it works, most of it doesn't, but it's interesting, anyways.
3: Yeah, and and so they get a warning on the show where they basically say, like, you know, oh, we've got this thing, and they see the ship, and it's six passengers on there, and of course they have to give the the signal that I wish would have made a T-shirt. There is no bomb. Um. <laughs> And of course, we're, yeah. uh, once again, we're getting a little bit into the Star Trek territory again because mm-hmm. Adama is doing his captain's log. And we see yes. the beautiful green lettering. Like I said, mm-hmm. we can't come up with any other colors of green, and let- green but green lettering on this mm-hmm. one. I guess that's because when you start to look at the Battlestar Galactica logo in the beginning, now it's starting to look greener than it usually does. You know, mm-hmm. if you look. I want to have a look. I
1: want to have a look. I want to have a look.
3: Yeah, it just as it gets to like this towards the end of the season, for whatever reason, it looks like not as much yellow or gold it's more like it's getting to be like green. i mean i don't know if that's maybe the uh what do you call it the um hologram effect or not you know but mm, just one of those possibly, things yeah yeah and the beauty part about the ship is that you go into it and it's like it's got their own like s- snoozy light show in there yeah it's, it's like f- there's lights all over the place and neon and all this it's stuff. A fun
1: little space yeah
3: yeah, yeah, it's like it's like the place that you want to go back to. It's a, mm. and and it's weird because you got <laughs> Apollo and Starbuck are now falling asleep at the wheel. They can have sleep cycles on their ship down. Mm. Yes, yeah, it's a sleep yeah. mode. Uh, they gotta hope that they don't hit into something while they're into those intergalactic. <laughs> it could be a supernova. Bl- it could be. Yeah, I'm glad vehicle. we didn't spend
1: too much time with that. I was like, I don't want to know how that works. Just like.
3: Yeah, of course they don't believe in uh, coffee at that time. And of course they refer they referred to everybody as people of the fleet instead of people of Earth, but they're very mm-hmm. stuck on saying, I think we have a connection to Earth that's going to lead us to where we wanted to be leading yes. this whole time.
0: Uh-huh.
3: But as we watch this show, as we watch this episode particularly, uh, what gets me Yeah, it's so like when they open when they finally open up the space, you got that heavenly music they're like, Oh ah, <laughs> something like that. And the weird part about it is that, as you learn through this episode, they're not sure if it's Earth. They um, mm-hmm. they call it Terra, but they yes. don't you know they don't exactly say Earth, and it really is a real puzzler. But also, yeah. you say to yourself, should wait? Does that mean uh, on the title? Maybe there should be a question mark. Greetings from Earth. Earth,
1: yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: That's kind of the feeling I have throughout a lot of this episode. But it does have some interesting elements to it. Like I said, it's not you know a total like. Well, I mean, we actually got a, a get a galactic kindergarten in there somewhere. That Foxy yes, just happens yep. to be in and I instead seen of the raising teaching, your, yeah, yeah. Instead of raising your hand you're lighting you're lighting the light so it's almost like everybody's playing Jeopardy at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is the way to ask a question, not to make it in a form of a question. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess who knows? Maybe the newer Jeopardies saw this episode and thought, Hey, maybe this is the way that we're gonna modernize everything <laughs> instead of the uh, the clicker or the buzzer, you know. Yeah, but b- Boxy b- yeah. Boxy does let out an oh fark and I'm going like, yeah. Oh, just, I'm surprised they didn't have the parental discretion as advised at that point, <laughs> this
0: point.
1: Language. Language. Yes.
3: At table. Yes.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, I, was, uh, I was I was gonna say that the thing um with the episode that I really sort of did this time was I kind of watched it in half hours not 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 like I cut it in like 25, 24, 25 minute <coughs> chunks. Mm-hmm. And the first sort of chunk of it is is really it's finding the ship, bringing back the ship, discussing what to do. Then the second uh, chunk of it is um, dealing with the people on the Galactica getting really anxious and antsy Mm. about what's on the ship and who these people are and are they earthlings are they diseased are they what's going on and then it ends with them traveling alongside the ship to go to the ship's home and i forget the name of the planet paradine
3: does that sound right uh, paradine yes and also keep in mind too the the people that were in question woke up on their own Mm -hmm. instead of them saying like oh this is fierce countdown four three like something like that go like okay we've made the decision I think we're going to open it. And the thing opens up itself. So there you go. Mm-hmm. So it's like all this tension for them to wake up themselves. And, and you know, uh, even they're worried about <laughs> what they're breathing. But the one thing that we learn, and it basically happens in that classroom, is the very thing that they wrote on the blackboard, or at least on the the, the, the computer screen, the human life form can adapt to many varied environments mm-hmm. and foods. Yes. Yes.
1: yes. Yeah. And, um, and, Oh well, the th- the third the third half hour is arriving on the planet, and we see the alliance for the first time, which is just basically you said Gestapo in space with Lloyd Bachner in charge, and we meet Hector and Vector, Vector and we
0: Vector.
1: He, and we learn about the um uh, we learn about the, their planet. We learn the interesting fact that their kids were raised on a planet with a certain gravity level, so they can't go back to like whatever planet it is that mm. like the two parents came from. Because they wouldn't survive on it anymore, and um, the uh, and in, in the third half hour we get the um, the Gestapo in space there uh, approaching this family to interrogate them and probably kill them, and then the last half hour is I want to say Hector is is the one that um, Starbuck goes with and to the nearby city to see if they can find any records of things, and then there's some craziness and the Alliance arrives and there's some shootouts and fighting and things like that. It ends with them taking the Alliance guy's prisoner back to the Galactica. Yeah. And And also,
3: too, here's the thing. mm -hmm. I'll throw this to you. While they're in that city... A lot of things look familiar because a little show called Buck Rogers. Any time <laughs> that they went to an exterior, would yeah. always show the shots of the city. So they got to be they are the the same universe. Damn it, maybe yes. just the time frame, but it's the same city. Yes, all those yes. shots. That, so you want to know if when they put those process shots in there, if mm-hmm. they want to say meanwhile going on in the city? I said there you go. It came from this one. Brilliant.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. and it's a uh, and overall it's 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 um. I like the fact that it's very specifically in Adama's log at the beginning. It mentions the the fact that those white beings or whatever a few episodes ago gave them instruct, some instructions and coordinates, and they're getting closer and closer to finding Earth. And I like the fact that you you know very much like we we what the last episode was what Murder the Rising Star I think mm-hmm. yes and, and so this one is back on track to finding Earth and looking for and they're getting ever ever so close. Now it does sort of. It. I mean, the, the, it's implied that these are sort of very much like the first people we're meeting that are sort of just completely outside of.
0: Yeah.
1: Like all the other all the other colonies we met and stuff like that. They go, "Oh, you're from the galactic, or you're from wherever." Or they kind of know of them. Even even if, if even if they don't know exactly who they are. But these are the first people who are, like, from a different place.
3: Yeah. Possibly Conne- Earth. Possibly connected to Earth. Yes. That's yes. It, yeah. So they're thinking so, it's all in the connections on there. Yes. And, you know, they're, like, very bright. You know, And also, too, you have the council that's giving them the hard time. You know, with the, no, I don't think we should go with And the funny thing is the guy who leads them. Speaking of clowns, <laughs> he played a clown on the Twilight Zone a long time ago on oh. an episode called Five Characters in Search of an Exit. Oh, sure,
1: yeah, yeah, okay, and he, yeah. And he yeah. Even
3: was and he was also in the movie, uh, the Twilight Zone movie, where he played uh, in the Kick the Can segment of it, mm-hmm. uh, the Spielberg they- one. He plays oh, yeah. the excitable, like, telly-ho, telly-ho. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. He's the same guy. Oh, yeah, It's wow. this uh, oh, British yeah. actor named Murray Matheson. No mm-hmm. relation to Richard Matheson, of yes. course, but, you know, but, but he's a constant character actor, English. He's on a lot of shows. In fact, I think he was, not to go too too long on it, but he was a supporting character on one of those Mystery Wheel shows in NBC. Oh, really? I, I, I can't remember as to which one. It might have been Banachek. It might have been uh-huh. one of those ones. But I distinctly remember him being like a supporting character, a recurring okay. one, on one of those ones that he was kind of like. And I don't think it was Macmillan and Wife, but it was one of those ones. Anyway, he's, anyway. he's a constant character actor. And he, yeah. I, I guess he got to have his a-hole moment on the, <laughs> uh, the ship there.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And then, of course, I love the fact that Lord Greed found some room to not so much mispronounce... Mis- uh, Trap uh, or crap in that case, but he <laughs> mocked this guy. Whatever you wish, Atala. It he was like <laughs> so mocking uh, yes. Murray Matheson on there was yeah. it was a delightful uh, moment. Yeah,
1: right? it, it, yeah. So oh, overall, when I, I look at the episode, I, I, um, it, it's interesting because whenever I get to the whenever I get to the end and they go into the city, I always think they find something, but mm-hmm. I think I'm thinking of another show.
3: Yeah, uh, like maybe
1: Planet of the Apes or, I was or something that like to, that.
3: Yeah, was yeah. <laughs> almost a, it, There was a little bit of a Planet of the Apes like it because also mm. th- I was thinking of the movie Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Is at sure. one point where they say, yeah. oh, the evidence that we have is in this archive and it's contaminated? Mm. You know, and I'm saying, like, geez, I, I wonder where Battle Battlestar Galactica, no pun intended. <laughs> yeah. Got this little element from. It. I was like, well, the, the fifth plot of the apes, where we had the, yeah, we have an archive, and we can get to it, we can get our answers, but it's contaminated. We got to watch it. We got to make sure that our our time in there is short because there's a lot of radioactivity and mm-hmm. we've got mutants mm-hmm. around there and everything. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like the it was a similar circumstance for Starbuck, who wants to find out information and everything, and he kind of gets. You know, it sort of tires him out before he even gets, yes. like, a little bit down. But once again, we come back to that theme of we have to ad- adapt to every environment yes. and food. Now, food, mm-hmm. unfortunately, we did not get everybody sick on this one, as they did with the faded uh, flight of airplane. and Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the transatlantic uh, flight there. But uh, but at least in this one, you know, it's like, kind of goes through the same It's like, oh, it becomes... We got to save Starbucks, but we got to get mm-hmm. to this thing at the same time. So there's a couple of things going on. Yeah, the same time,
1: yeah. and it's it's uh, and and it it's. Uh, I, I I get why it was two hours long. It was giving it sort of yeah that that just a a, a big feeling. It's meant to be the epic feeling that finally we we are getting closer. And I think they are obviously at the end of this much closer than they have been. But there is something about the way um, that. At the, at the very end, when it's over, and they arrest the Alliance guys and take them back, and then they leave everyone on Paradine, uh, the planet there, yeah. it, it's, um, you come away from it thinking, so what did we learn?
3: <laughs> um, <laughs> Something at <laughs> three quarters are, is being introduced for another reason. But, you mm-hmm. know but but uh, everything is kind of like you know oh you know well we can adapt to our environment in mm-hmm. some way shape or form keep in mind too earlier in the season earlier in the episode we get oh you know are we there yet I, we, we found room for that yeah I'll be right back you get that all within two minutes strangely mm-hmm. enough you know mm-hmm. and that that the humans are a race worth saving yes. and everything. And then it's weird because when we see Randy Bantu surface from the ship, he had, it almost looks like he has like an evil ET finger, almost <laughs> because he's poisoning and we don't know that he's got a weapon there, and then all of a mm-hmm. sudden one shoots off, and you go like, oh, what, what's this all about? You know. <laughs> so it's almost like and you also think of it too when you think of the environment and everything else. I said, you know, it is an ABC show, mm-hmm. and I said, well, guys, you're going to think of a tv movie you had a couple of years earlier that kind of dealt with almost that situation that's the boy in the plastic bubble mm. they kind of oh, were yeah. in that kind of boy in the plastic bubble situation when mm. came down to like the adapting to the environment and there's a little yes. difficulties right there mm. and it's like it's like we start to realize that these guys are actually escapees mm-hmm. not exactly yeah, and not sure if there's a, a an earth link but you know they basically say we got to get out off of our planet weird thing about is that i look at uh, Randy Mantooth, he kind of has like a TV version of James Coburn execution, if you notice. And yeah. Facial yeah. expressions and mm-hmm. his, like you know a lot of like you know when he raises the eyebrow. I mean, you could have swore that those two guys would have been related, or would <laughs> have played brothers or father yes. and son in some kind of movie at some point. There, I mean, I mean, there's there's your casting if you really need to do it on that thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I said, they all, they're all human. Just remember that, you know. And then, yes. um, you know, of course. You had at one point uh, Lloyd Bachner was going with the German accents, but then as, like I said, as a lot of these things, when they're not always that committal, they start to dabble into their own voice as well.
1: Yes, you know? <laughs> gradually it starts to.
3: They're lucky that the, put it here this way, and in one sick way, you're kind of lucky with Lloyd Bachner at the helm that they didn't find a cookbook. But um, <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Yep, you guys yep. can figure that one out yep. yourselves. Now. But I said, the uh, one thing I appreciated about this, it wasn't your standard, okay, we know where this is going to go, whatever. We had mm -hmm. a couple of twists here. For instance, you know, the man and the woman that we believe to be a couple were actually put together, Mm -hmm. and they were like two separate, you know, sets of kids here, you know? That wasn't exactly in Brady Bunch numbers of these kids, Mm -hmm. but basically it was one of those things where you had two were from one, and one from the other, and... They got separated but somehow got put together on this one. And of course, when you're gonna have Ray Bolger and Bobby Van on your show, you know that they gotta get down to some kind of a song and dance situation. It's and be they ended up a little bit of that, there. yes. You <laughs> have a little bit of that, and there's only one mention of the silence by yes. by Starbuck looking to tell a bedtime story to the kids. Mm-hmm. Would that be saying that maybe he could be a father in the future at some point? Mm-hmm. Who knows? But he did yeah. mix a cigar in with that. If you notice that very carefully,
1: yeah. And it, it is—it's—it's it's true too. Yeah. Then no, uh, no Cylons in yeah. it at all, which which is interesting. I mean, because because basically the only bad guys are these alliances and the line the, These alliance guys—they're um—they're—they're they're kind of like um, you know, like um, you, you know, like if you. you like like bullies in a schoolyard who who suddenly encounter someone who's twice the size of them, but they still think they're great bullies, you know, or something like that. Because well, like when you know, the, when they see the size of the Galactica and they see the weapons and the, and the power that uh, Apollo and Starbuck have, it's sort of like oh geez. Oh, well, gosh. Let's,
3: let's let's put it to brass tacks here, Dan. They mm-hmm. basically are they basically saw every which way but loose, and they are basically the. <laughs> The TV version of the Black Widows. Let's face it. Yes, you know. yes. Yeah, they're,
1: they're they're like, we're a bunch of tough guys, and then all of a sudden they meet, yeah, someone who's... <laughs> they
3: meet something else, and they, they get the crap kicked out of them, and guess what, you know. <laughs> yeah, I exactly. stand corrected. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, so if, oh, I can tell you, there's a, some great quotes here, like, get that Felger carb out of my face, Starbuck.
0: <laughs> yes.
3: He had a couple of those, and then, uh, what was it, uh, Boomer got to have a real beautiful uh, dialogue there when, uh, you know, it c- came to them... Uh, with the rival security bunch, which I can't even define, but I'm almost thinking like they could be the equivalent of Battle Galact- Battlestar Galactica's red shirts in this one. Oh yeah, because
1: those guys. Yeah, yeah.
3: Also, you know, trying to be tough guys. You wonder if they were part of the alliance or not. You know, they're not, yeah. but but you wonder. And what was it the he has this line that says, <laughs> "Now look, you gullmonging snitrag." Let's use that on the, let's use that on the playground while we're at it. You know, that one in my pocket. And also here's the other thing too. We noticed that they have weapons this time, hand weapons. Mm -hmm. And we didn't, you know, we haven't seen the Galactica bunch use hand weapons as much except for the ships. But you know, in this one, it was those rare cases where they actually had hand like laser weapons on here, more so than usual firing. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. it's, you know, some things were put on to stun but also it's you know star speed and battle ready that's another thing too that uh, when they the uh, alliance was going to go to Paradine, he goes okay star speed battle ready you know
1: I think I think the the um the the way you can tell that the Alliance aren't going to be as tough as they think they are is like when they see the vipers for the first mm. time it's like what are those? I've never seen anything like that. What? Yeah, the computer doesn't know what it is. Oh gosh! And you think, oh really, guys? Come, come on! You're like, <laughs> it's like they're they're so sort of insular, and they they, they know exactly what's in their world. And then all, all of a sudden, they see something outside of it. They're like, oh geez. <laughs> and <laughs> you got a slight uh, little uh, you got
3: a slight uh, soap opera going on too, because you know they say, hey Cassie, up here. Why don't you go and get to know oh, yes. Michael a little better? Meanwhile mm-hmm. you see the look on Sarah's face. I mean, we already know what we know and mm-hmm. talk about jealousy. She's got the look on there. And then she does something that's like totally like, What the hell? Those pipers oh, yes. get like dismantled in some way to that it's like, you know, beyond repair. They said, mm-hmm. Why? Oh, I wanted Apollo to stay here. It's like, whoa, look out. That's that
1: it's 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 funny that um and it's funny, like like the the evil people aren't are are actually not, not less evil than they think they are because they're still jerks, but they're less powerful than they think they are. And the people that are nice aren't quite as nice as we think they are because they're willing to tear apart the, the, the spaceship. I do
3: it for love.
1: Yes. yes, and, and, it's,
3: and also hmm. keep in mind too. I'm looking at Mantooth and I'm looking at uh, Richard Hatch, and mm. you know you look at those two guys and I said, geez if they would have written it then, these guys couldn't have done face-off. There's no question yeah. about it. As if, I'm looking at these guys like, hey, you got, the, you got the feelings for this guy, you have the jealousy, yet you're going mm. for Apollo. It's like, ooh, yeah. okay, so is there going to be a point where one of them is going to switch their face and they're going to start they going different personalities? I mean, I, mm. I'm seeing it right there. I'm going like, mm-hmm. these guys could do it. I'm telling you. And, and here's the other thing. Very key thing. Amongst us all, one word comes to mind where I'm looking at All of this stuff. First off, you know, these folks could have used a map to know what the hell everything was going through. Like I said, you know, you look at a 70s movie and say, like, they had to rely on those gas station maps to go places, Mm -hmm. yet now they got a GPS. And there was no such thing as a GPS at that time. Mm -hmm. So the funny thing that I get out of that is they go like, guys, you could have gone to one of those Roger Corman movies and said to yourself, you you could always use a map. That's good. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and, and of course, you get the one guy that's in there and say like, "If I ever see you again, I'm gonna." It's like the bad parent <laughs> in the midst of all of this it's crazy. I know we're jumping around here, but it's like, mm-hmm. and you know, it's and remember, the beginning of the new day is the beginning to a new life. That's what mm-hmm. they say on their planet on Terra. It's like we always yes. say, that, according to the Ivory Duo. One more thing, one word happens to come about when you watch, you really think about it, it's taking a step back. All of this as it's going on. You know what that word is?
1: Um, Hector?
3: No. Spaceballs. Space- <laughs> Look at this here. We've got an air problem. We've got the, the, the Gestapo with the hat, the oh, big yeah. helmets. I oh, said, yes. come on, there's a spaceballs element to this episode. If you really think about it, I'm going mm-hmm. like, like, geez louise. I said, like, the big helmets, you know, the, you know." and I said, like, well, that was the case. I said, well, this is probably the, it, the producer's in-joke. Mm-hmm. For Mel Brooks, to kind to of go, hey, I want to do a Star Wars parody, but I need something that's going to have a little juice in it. And so say, like, okay, we're going to steal the air. We're going to have big helmets. We've got mm-hmm. authority figures that are not exactly on par. Guess what? <laughs> we've got the pre. This is like, you know, the, the what became Spaceballs here. I'm telling you.
1: Oh, I, I, <laughs> I, th- I think that's the way to watch it. Yeah. As if, it, I mean, to to me, it's um, it's it's. I think that the moment when it. <laughs> I've got it out here, and there's um there there's the moment when um Hector and Vector take Sarah to see the the gravestone of her father, mm. and and there's just a slightly weird weird moment where um yeah, um they they everything is is grass and trees, and then there's this weird sort of enclosed <laughs> space, with and spikes? in this enclosed space is with with, is is this giant headstone. And they're like, "Oh, well, you want to find out what happened to your father? Go in there." And and it's this weird moment where she steps inside, and then they show the close-up of this huge headstone, and then there's like a split second she's looking at it before she goes, "No!" And I thought, really? You you didn't see the giant headstone inside the one enclosed space?
3: They <laughs> built on the land, but they removed the headstones. Remember, so this is where they put it. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Now, what do you? Now, now let, let me ask because I always, sure. um, I, I'm honestly not sure what I think of Hector and Vector. What what do you think of them?
3: Uh, they're time fillers, you know. I think to me mm. that they're filling in the time. And yeah, it's when you know that it's Ray Bolger and uh, Bobby Van, then you're amused. Oh, okay, you know they, they wanted mm. to use them a little. But at the same time, you kind of like. <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to see a spinoff with these guys. You know.
1: Yes, they're um, they're they're not as amusing as someone thought they were.
3: As much as I, I love and... both of them, and believe me, I yes. love them dearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, too, I said, you know, if they're going to clash helmets there, I'd like to see one break to see, okay, what's really under that? Because they're androids, yes. we get it, you know, but at mm-hmm. the same time, it's kind of like, I felt like, okay, we, we can't do, like, the C-3PO. Yeah, or, that's... Yeah. So I think they, they decided, once again, another plan of the apes element, when you can't make the ape makeup the, prop, the proper way that it is, you put masks on them. Mm-hmm. And over here... Basically, you got that situation where it's like, okay, we'll put clown makeup, we'll put something that looks like, you know, somebody's, like, uh, ceramic pitcher on -hmm. there, put a hole through it, (laughs) speak, and go, like, you know, if they could try to channel the R2-D2 or Vincent of the black hole here, you know, Mm -hmm. and say, like, Mm -hmm. like, we could have a little voice here, but it's basically, like, not having that robotic, like, look on them. It's basically we're dealing with humans trying to be robotic in this way. I mean... Couldn't they just do the robot at one point there? That, to, that, they could do that dance. Yeah. Oh my
1: god, that would have been awesome. Maybe if they ever reappeared, you know, if there was a second season of Battlestar Galactica, they would. Yeah, have, or the or Hector and some, Vector Hour. Seconds,
3: yeah, they didn't. They didn't exactly do it on the almost uh, version of it, but you know. But there you go. So, but there it's, you are. So. It's yeah. It's it's weird. Whenever they show
1: up, I always kind of forget they're in this because they don't show up until probably about an hour in.
3: And also, um, when you see the promo, you're, you're really not sure of what, what what's the deal with what, these guys, you know? What the heck
1: you just saw? Yeah, and right. it's, it's it it is so weird to me because every time I, I see them, I think, okay, so they're trying to do like a C three PO y sort of thing, but it's really just two... comedy
3: team, even though they're they, father and son. You
1: know. Yeah, it, but it's really just two guys in in with the white makeup all over their face, with the strange head thing on, and a weird and weird outfits, just being a little odd and they're there and i'm like and i watch them and i go i don't know if uh these two guys are as ch- charming as as they thought they were when they put them out there there's something about them that is just it's, odd there's, to there's me there's
3: not enough backstory you also know, like i said a technical description would have been good from say like, okay they're wired with this they're wired with that you know that and it's just like i said it was the cheap makeup way out you know it's, it's, mm-hmm. yes exactly like we have to save on the budget there, and we can't exactly get Anthony Daniels or Roddy McDowell mm-hmm. to do the voice. We have these two guys; and they can do a little song and dance and everything else. And, and like I said, they're fun, but mm-hmm. not. It's like they're good for this episode. And do you want to see them further? That the you know you, well, that's only in your mind. What, yes. Well, yeah. you know, if you're a kid at that time, maybe it might have been amusing. But to which kids is my question? So yeah.
1: Yes, yes. So, uh, yeah, I actually have them on here. They're doing their little song and dance bit right now. And um, uh, yeah, it's it's just they're they're just they're just weird to me. I, I don't know I don't know why it is like like um, I don't know, I can't I can't quite place what it is. They I mean I think if if they were in my living room singing and dancing and I was eight I would have screamed and ran away.
3: God forbid they had the seltzer water. Uh oh. look Oh out.
1: my gosh! Oh, <laughs> spraying it down each other's. <laughs> Pants. Well, oh
0: no
1: they've got more like jumpsuits on, I guess. <laughs> or or, <laughs> or was it around. gonna
3: be kind of like a case of makeup rust, you know? <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm i they're they're on they yeah, they're they're dancing around on screen right here and um everybody's laughing and I guess, you know, you, they're more easily amused in in the whenever this is. Actually this is technically the past right? I guess.
3: Yeah, or you have to say something. Uh, are we still going to Earth here? You know, it's like, what, what happened? You know, <laughs> sure, that's true. What, what happened? What planet why are, we, why, are we on? You know? Why are
1: we watching these two ivory gentlemen dancing around doing their best vaudeville shtick? Are we because still? We said it this was still... going to be
3: a special episode. It was going to be two hours. <laughs> yes. So we got need... to fill the time in, you know. Yes. And, and uh, like I said, you think of it, you know, I could have used more space Gestapo and so, like, you know, like the the evils of them, and not you know, mm-hmm. and like I so said, we got the amusement of them. It's like you got to balance the good with the evil here. You know, it's got mm-hmm. you got to you got to do it like a good juggling act. Speaking of clowns, so it's...
1: I would have liked it if Lloyd Bachner had done a little routine. <laughs> if they had if they had cut from Hector and Vector singing to maybe like Lloyd Bachner looking out the window singing his or, song
3: or doing the kick step, yeah, so just doing Anything. a little Busby yeah. Berkeley, yeah, the
1: guys all in the line with their big helmets on. With the huge glasses,
3: yeah. And, yeah, they could have done their own, like you know, clash of the helmets there too. God, that would have been
1: great. Yeah. Uh, so, so, um, so, so what? What else do you have on this one? I'm gonna, I'm gonna scan uh, my notes here. So. Yeah,
3: and I, I'm, it's kind of like a case of we're all adapting to what gets us weak at first, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, what was it? The yes, Starbucks stuck in the archives. Uh, was it? it it's. <laughs> I, that's pretty. Like I said, you know, they try to make it epic by saying, like, okay, instead of having our usual credits, we're going to scroll them because God knows yes. we're through a long episode for them. That yeah. like. wasn't it, long in length. You know, I mean, it wasn't like boring. It's not. No, that no it's it's we're kind of getting through little bits here and there. You know? We and
1: and we're, we're moving ahead slightly in the actual overall story, which I like. But there is something like the moment. They all settle down, and these two goofy guys show up, and they're they're in a house, and there's some bad guys coming to get them. Where I thought, haven't we seen this on the show already, mm. or have I seen this recently on another show? And it's it becomes very familiar. So that's why, like in the la- the the final act, there when they go into the city, you think, okay, here we go. Here mm. now it's something, but it isn't anything. And in fact, if I remember correctly, it, don't they like they they go into the city, then they cut back to um. Uh, oh, that family, that yeah. weird family who run around. If I ever
3: see you going yes. this way, do it that way. It's like, it's, it's like the scolding neighbors who, yes. when the parents are not, you know, you know, disciplining the kids, these ones have to do it for you. Yes, and, and that's kind of like where that fit in, right? mm-hmm. that,
1: and, oh, um, yeah, at, at the at the end, I almost, I, I really do wish something had, they had found something in the city because just to make it something in the end where we have to rescue them and I get I get like you said like it's showing them adapting yeah. and that they're going to have to continue adapting as they get close to earth and such yeah. but it's it's not quite as dramatically interesting as if they had found something mm.
3: well and, well, it, well and, so they they really didn't get to like the gel of it didn't really live up to the promise when you really think about it you know? yes in the in the end it didn't it didn't kind
1: of in the end, it sort of ended how you thought it would. The bad guys show up, they beat the bad guys, and we go. And then, as they're leaving, I remember thinking yesterday as I was watching this. Like I said earlier, they didn't do anything. What they didn't find anything. They just sort of showed up, and what? What? <laughs> what? So, so it's. It's. I don't know if it's. I mean, I think. He, I think he's. Um, Glennie Larson, like I said, is building in bits and pieces, small bits mm. and pieces and building and building. Mm. And so you know I, I'm not expecting that they're gonna land on earth and be yeah. there all of a sudden.
3: And, and cross the fingers that we have a second season, so we're we'll just trying to plant yes. some
1: seeds you know yes, exactly exactly and 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 who knows what happens in this that might be important later in a later episode or something.
3: So. so, the best I can leave you is the thoughts that these two, yes. Hector and, and Vector, uh, came up with there, which is basically the beginning of the new day is a beginning to a new life. Now, as we know that, we see that the Gestapo uh, space uh, Gestapo leader, Lighter, isn't that mm-hmm. nice? He, he's called Lighter, Isn't that, that <laughs> nice? How appropriate. And uh, they, they bring him out to the ship. Now, if we think that that's too brief a time, well... As we know mm. that they're still starting to head towards Earth, it is not the end for our Commandant here. Yes. As we have that. For, the, for we, yeah. it will lead to a couple of more to be added on our next episode yes. coming off of the Epic.
1: And we will stop there, and I will ask you, what you doing? What's going on online? What you, what's happening?
3: Well, you know, we're in the home stretch of uh, First View's summer forecast where we're covering 100 movies of the 70s, 80s, and 90s. There's always one for a different decade every day. We're running this till Labor Day, and I'm very excited. Yeah, we're going to beat Jerry Lewis is what we're going to do there in that case. (laughs) And you can find me on the net uh, on Twitter and Instagram, CaptainBly76, along with Letterboxd, where we can find some of the reviews on there, as well as Facebook, um, Facebook.com slash CaptainBly. And, um... Uh, just uh, enjoy the re- enjoying the rest of the summer, both on uh, any kind of screens and enjoying some Galactica at the same time.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me for this pre- pretty important-ish episode, and we'll be back next time with Baltar's Escape.
0: Ooh.
1: Yeah, there we go. But next up, this. Middleman episode 4 The Manicoid Teleportation Conundrum Directed by Jeremy Chechik uh, Written by Tracy Stern July 7th, 2008 I think maybe you can see here Possibly why the show didn't make it You put it on a Whatever family channel they put it on In the summer Yeah, that's um, No Uh, Anyway um, uh, This one, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on I'm I'm not going to go crazy on it But um, uh, Wendy's boyfriend um, Ben, you remember him he um. He uh he took the video of his breakup with her, and he's put that online, and it's huge, and everyone loves it, and he gets a movie deal out of it, and she's having some trouble dealing with that. Meanwhile, the um the middleman is put putting Wendy through training day, where he's doing a lot of different things to train her and keep her on her toes, but she's thinking about Ben, and that's getting on her nerves. But at the same time, there is a um a woman is. Teleported out of basically like like Beverly Hills and sent to like um, you know those rocks where Captain Kirk fought that lizard guy. She's teleported to there where someone kills her, beheads her, and sends her back. And we learn that there are a race of aliens called the Manicoid, and the Manicoid. Their facial expressions, their their faces, they all look like they've had bad plastic surgery, and they eat precious gems, and so the when they came, they came basically they came to our planet for a refuge, and the only place they could put them up were in really huge mansions and give them really nice jobs and lots and lots of money because the only place they fit in without looking ridiculous were in places like Beverly Hills where bad plastic surgery is taken for granted, but someone is hunting them. And Wendy's having trouble dealing with her break. Well, not dealing with that breakup that Ben pulled off, and the middleman is trying to keep everything together and keep everything flowing while keeping Wendy's back. And so is Lacey, and so is Noser. So there's a lot of stuff going on in this episode, and I think um, I think uh, I think we talk uh, for a while about it. Let me let me let me give you this middleman episode four: the manicoid teleportation conundrum. And I'm here with the great Kiki Wrights, Kristen Hawes. Kristen Kiki, how are you?
2: I am doing so well. So happy to be here talking about middleman. How are you, Dan? I'm doing good.
1: I'm doing good. I I, I I I'm gonna I'm gonna have us dive right into this one. What what did you what did you think of this one?
2: Um, my biggest takeaway is that Ben is a doorknob and Wendy should totally let middleman punch him in the nose. <laughs> <laughs> yes. like, talk yeah. about the worst boyfriend and the worst ex boyfriend oh. ever. But uh, as for the actual, like, case that they're on, the one thing I have come to really like about the show is that nothing is wasted. And Mm -hmm. so what you think might be just a throwaway or something that's just a small bit of, like, the Mm B-plot comes back and it actually means something at the end. Mm -hmm. And it plays a much bigger role. And we'll, I'm sure, talk about what it is in this episode. But I absolutely love that. Mm -hmm. And... I really, really like this this particular episode because, especially with the manicoids, only being able to blend in in certain areas. <laughs> it's, but yeah, of we got to talk about that. Yeah, that's that's because because of the plastic surgery. That that's a nice touch. I really like that. Yeah. what did you think of the episode?
1: I I, I, I I quite like it. I I um it it actually I would say it 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 is more about Wendy and her training day and. Troubles with Ben than it is the manicoids who are very much sort of a secondary part of it, but it's all part of the day. So it's it's kind of like if you look at it, it's, it's it's almost like if they named it like Training Day, we would have looked at it differently. But because they gave it the great manicoid title, I instantly focus on them. But they they don't do a hell of a lot in the episode. They're certainly in it, but there's so much else that's going on in it. It's really it's it's a wonderfully sort of packed episode with a lot of crazy stuff going on you see how much everyone loves dubby um, and and you see what she's going through and you're absolutely right I don't know what but Ben's issue is and I hope the wine stocks or whoever that was uh, tear him apart when when he goes to work with them that's all I can say and I got one 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 moment here um, I am I should have the episode here paused so I could have the Manicoid teleportation conundrum so I could say it. And I've got it <laughs> pause. Seven minutes, 13 seconds in. Starring Britt Morgan is up on the screen. There is a couple in the foreground out of focus. Uh, a white couple, white guy with a blue shirt and like a pink and blue striped tie and a la- his lady friend. And then over her right shoulder is the Manicoid woman who gets teleported away. who's kind of like wearing a... Um, she, she got the pearl necklace, the big earrings. She probably chews on the pearls, right? Like throughout the day, like by like one of those necklaces made of candy, oh, like a candy
2: necklace. Yes, yeah,
1: exactly. Probably. Like throughout the day, she's just randomly popping pearls. Um, uh, I would I would love it if you've seen that. Like at the end of the day, like if it's like all the pearls were gone and she just had like, and maybe there was like a like a crucifix in the back or something. So it, so when it was all eaten, she could turn it around and it would look like she hadn't eaten the entire necklace because it was actually her her little crucifix or something. Um but and she's got like this yellow dress on with like um it's like it's like you remember there was the Rubik's cube and then there was the missing link. And these look kind of like she's got the missing link. It's all these little links and everything and she's she's strutting through the neighborhood but right above the head of the lady out of focus in the foreground is an older gentleman with a crazy look on his face. And um, I actually think he looks a little nuttier than the Manicoid lady does. He looks to me like a time traveler who suddenly appeared. And maybe, maybe if the show had gone on, they would have tied this episode. I mean, he's suddenly, he looks like some sort of crazed time traveler who's kind of appeared. And he's like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know where I am. But I get the feeling that this story has nothing to do with me. Damn it. And so, so he's, he's going to be out of it. In fact, I'm going to hit play, and he's there. Oh, he's actually smiling and talking to a lady. He's a nice guy. Okay, well, you know, just in that shot, he lo- there, there he is. They actually kept it in the shot. So he passes by the manicoid lady as she's looking with her huge uh, land of confusion, spitting image, face at the... Um, Oh, and she's getting beamed up. Okay, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna um t- tell you tell you what's going on. But it's funny. I thought that guy when I saw his face, I really thought he was like a, a time traveler who had suddenly appeared there, uh you know from one million years in the future and like like time crimes or something. He's completely lost. But he's not. He's okay. He's a nice guy walking with a lady friend of his. So um, uh what else? What well what else about this episode? Um, because there's a lot.
2: There's that goes a lot on because. It's like we have the training day, we have the manicoids, and we have the breakup. And it all interweaves Mm. together. And I like – the thing about the the breakup thing, besides the fact that Lacey and Noser are trying really hard to help Wendy cope with her breakup, and Wendy is like, I'm not coping because I'm fine with this. Mm -hmm. She's just in firm denial, according to Lacey, and she's – on the verge of a breakdown, and when they go to the yes. middleman office, yes. she's like, This is where you're gonna have it <laughs>
0: because it's so <laughs> yes.
1: depressing. Yes, yeah, it's... Said, oh, I'm
2: sorry. Well, she points out that, um, that with their, her other breakups, Wendy nursed her broken heart, yes, with Italian zombie movies. Yay, <laughs> <And> <laughs> I thought that is just a great way to nurse yeah. a broken heart. Yes, I, no, ten out of ten. No notes. I love that.
1: Yes, I absolutely, I absolutely love that. When when I heard that, and then what we we can mention later on, or we can mention now, yeah, that they mentioned watching a, a Lucio Fulci zombie film from 1979 at the yes. end of it, which is which is great because in in 79 Fulci did Zombie uh, Zombie Two, which was um, Dawn of the Dead was Zombie in Italy. And he did zombie too, and they made it super quick. We now know it as zombie. It was also known I, in Italy. I think it was zombie flesh eaters. Um, they call it on this one. They call it Island of the Flesh Hunters.
2: Island of Island of the Flesh eaters.
1: Island of the flesh. Eaters. Okay, all right. Which is which? Which isn't quite a movie. There's Invasion of the Flesh Hunters. There's Island of the Fishmen. And of course, zombie flesh eaters. But I'm sure this is slightly different. This isn't completely like our world. It's slightly different. Lucio Fulci is probably spelled there. There's probably a Y in there, or maybe something. it was a
2: remix. It
1: could have been. Yeah. It could. I mean. And and here's the thing. Zombie was one of those movies that um, um, you know, if you tell people that oh, zombie, and you say it's it's actually zombie two. People get confused And why shouldn't they get confused Because it's confusing But Zombie is one of those movies Like Invasion of the Flesh Hunters That has a whole slew of titles And when you actually look at the titles Like also What is it Don't Open the Window Breakfast at Manchester Morgue The Living Dead at Manchester Morgue Is another one Is that Italian though? Or is that Spanish? Ah crap I forget I'll say it's <laughs> Italian But but I, yeah I do love that she That they're watching the uh, the Italian zombie films Because there were so many good ones Mm-hmm. And, and so that so that is that is the way to go i think and um i do, I do like and 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 the, and the nerdy part of me um is is like uh but but remembering that this is a different universe i think like the um brains brains we must have brains well that's return of the living dead that's not the italian zombie movies In the italian zombie movies they ate everything Right. Uh, not just the break but that doesn't matter though that's just me that's just me enjoying the fact that a show that aired on abc family has a lucio <laughs> fulci reference in it i the <laughs> more the more i watch the show the more i think they sh- they probably would have canceled this after four or five episodes if they've been paying attention because yeah, they're, they're I, quite i, a
2: few I kind d- of wonder how it went so long on abc <laughs> family. yeah th-
1: and, and it will get stranger as we go along there will be um there will be some things in the next episode too, where you're like, "What?" <laughs> so, um, so yeah, you get um, uh, <laughs> I was just, I was just thinking when you say that she she's going to have her breakdown. Um, it was it the Intera three thousand. Yes. Poor Intera Poor Intera Droid. Yes. <laughs> who, who looks a? I don't. I, um, he looks a. He looks a bit like that robot that Robin Williams was. Looked like in that movie where Robin Williams was a robot, Bicentennial Man. Uh, is that yeah, is that? Yeah. Yes. He looks a bit like that. He looks slightly like a couple of Doctor Who robots. Maybe a little bit like Marvin from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy movie. Um, but 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 there is a just a great very um, Zucker Abrams Zucker style thing where Ida and, and the middleman are talking about her, and um, of course Ida is the first thing when she sees. Um, uh, uh, Dubby uh, in- interviewing Interadroid is. Did she plant weed on the suspect yet? <laughs> but but as as he's talking to Ida in the background, you see Wendy beating the hell out of the Interadroid, actually throwing its head into the room in the end. So that's her having her breakdown. And I, well, I would.
2: Have done I, I did like, too, that the entire time that's happening, because it's happening behind middleman, uh, while he's talking to Ida, so you only see it on the screen, and he's standing there saying that, no, um, her breakup's not going to affect her, and she's a professional, and she'll be able to get through this and all of that <laughs> stuff, and it's going on behind him, and then she <laughs> kicks the head in there, and he's like, oh... <laughs>
1: And it's great, too, because the, uh, they do that thing where during the closing credits, they show, like, extra snippets of certain scenes, and they show more of uh, Natalie Morales um, trying to coerce. Or sometimes, at one point, she jumps up on the desk next to the Interro droid, kind of like giving giving him the big eye, you know, sort of, kind of, uh, and that doesn't work on Interro droid. Um, and I will say, if I may, if I may say this, I just noticed this as they had this playing here, and I I, I don't think this is me being a perv. Um, in the in the opening scene, when the middleman calls her, she's in bed, and he says, um, "Come to the place." I forget the name of the place, um, the restaurant, but um. Oh, it's just the rendezvous point. The rendezvous. Come to the rendezvous point, and she's trying to figure out where it is, and she's using code and all this sorts of great stuff, and um. And the and, and and in the middle of this, I just got to say, I forgot that the middleman, the um, the uh, where they park their car, sort of reminds me of a bigger version of where the Green Hornet and Kato used to have their car. Yes. Because we're we're pretty well versed here on, on Green Hornet and Kato. Um, yes. But uh, but I will say when 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 a uh, Debbie hops out of bed in her PJs, I could and I I I don't mean to sound like a perv. But I was just watching it. I could have sworn I saw a little Plumber's Crack. <laughs> just a little. I missed that on
2: my viewings.
1: Just a little. Just a little bit. You know, I did. I did Because I I watched this twice, and now I have this playing again. And so each time you watch it, in a show like this where so much is going on, you look somewhere else. You might catch something happening. And and so I just, she hops out of bed, and she kind of goes up in the air for a moment. And I thought, ooh, Plumber Crack. And it, it wasn't like it wasn't like you know she was showing off. To, it wasn't like you could pitch coins into there or something like that. It was just for you know it was for you know I'm th- tossing cards in for just for a brief moment I thought did I just see a little? Um, uh, but uh, and I'm not saying I, I I'm I'm not calling out every perv who, who's listening here to check that out. I just noticed that I thought maybe that's another reason it got taken off of the family. Uh, network. <laughs> Maybe there was an executive watching it with his kids, and and like a, a son or, or, or daughter stood up and went,
2: "But <laughs> I saw butt." And, I was like, and they were scarred for life. Scarred for
1: life. Um, let's see what else on on, uh, on this one. Um, uh, I oh okay, may I just say that I do love the middleman when they go through the middleman, the interrogation room, the middleman dressing room and stuff like that. We had a middle boy once. It didn't really (laughs) work out. Does that make me the middle girl? I I, I love the way... Because whenever they go through it, I always try to figure out how big the space is. Um, You know, because I'm used to watching Doctor Who where, you know, they'll have one hallway that they'll walk up and down and redress it over and over again. So in these, I I try to see, like, how long... Because there's one point where they, like, walk down a hallway and then kind of go to... Their right slightly and go down another hallway, but and you could still see the first hallway they were in when they had to kind of go around a corner a bit. I'm like, I'm dying to know how much of a set they built for this. Now that's not going to keep me up tonight. I'm going to sleep well, regardless of whether <laughs> I know that. But um, but it's it's I, I love to see I'd love to see stuff like this. Um, but any, anyway, I'm sorry I'm, I'm yakking away. What what else do you have on this one?
2: Um. Well, okay. So, in going back to the breakup, because Lacey's trying to help her with this and keeps coming up with worse stuff as it comes along with the, because um, she keeps finding more stuff about Ben and online and saying, oh, you put, she first he po- posts it to all these web sharing sites and then later she comes back with, he's got this yes. film deal and stuff. And in between that, she's trying to help her cope. And when they go to the office, her and Noser, and she's like, here's some of Ben's stuff, and here's his PSP that Noser wants,
0: <laughs> and
2: he's like, you know, you could dr- you could uh, drown it,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and then you would be drowning Ben, and Noser pops up with, metaphorically speaking... And if you drowned Ben, metaphorically speaking, (laughs) then you could cry about it. You could release your emotion. It would be okay. (laughs) And I'm like, that is very much a performance artist thing (laughs) to come up with. But the fact that Nozer is standing there making sure we understand that it is metaphorically speaking. Yes,
0: yes. yes.
2: (laughs) Just adds to it just that much.
1: Yes, yes. That's great. Ben and
2: Ida Ida watching the whole thing going, I'm telling you, they're nudists. (laughs) Yes,
1: that's right they're nudists I, yes <laughs> oh the thing is i should i should write down because the 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 way we record these and i've said i've said this this before on here we don't go one episode at, at a time we 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 do like three episodes at a time sometimes four and and i should have written down some of um some of ida's lines because she's got a couple of great ones about um but I think this is in the next episode about um, where the middleman gets a little upset about something. He says, "Well, you know, let, let me just powder your diaper or something like that."
2: Oh, she, yeah, that's she, the
1: next episode. That is the next episode. But she's she's got so many great lines that I should I should write Ida's lines down so I don't um, goof them up because she's got so many great lines. Um, and let's talk let's talk about the uh, the man the manicoids. Yes. Um, inter- it's it, it's it's interesting because when you when you um when, yeah when you you see the first lady obviously the the first lady not you know the the first lady I mean the first lady <laughs> who's the first manicoid lady um the um uh you you, you see it and you know exactly what they're doing you know you know you know it's like they're they're making fun of the people who get ridiculous plastic surgery but then the explanation is is pretty fantastic. I think very clever, and yes. um, and uh, the uh, and, and it's, it's interesting too because I I wonder that it's like this, this so this race they all look like that so the only place they can exist is in really big homes, in really rich suburbs where they can find some jewelry to eat now and then. And I'd hate it if there was like an alien race who came to us for help and they were kind of grubby and were maybe a little smelly and kind of wore clothes that weren't the nicest looking because we just put them on the street and say... (laughs) (laughs) But maybe they wouldn't mind it. Maybe that's what they were used to. But But it's funny that there is a specific race of aliens who came to us for help and the way we help them is give them... Absolute extravagance That 98% Of the world Doesn't have Now maybe they are contributing They're probably contributing something They don't say they are They just say they came to our planet for help And this is the only way we could hide them But I like that concept That there might be that, like, The next time you walk by a homeless encampment Those could all be aliens Who just happen to look homeless And don't have hygiene like we do Whereas the the Manicoids are the exact opposite. They have – we have to live in absolute wealth because that's the only way we can exist
2: properly. Well, Well, it's the only way they could – yeah, it's the only way they could blend in is by looking like plastic surgery victims and where are you going to find that? Not with the poor people. They're going to be with these rich people who don't know what to do with their money because they have too much of it. (laughs) So they, you know, mangle their faces.
1: I I do wonder if like – in, in a house like we see that the, the couple living in, they mentioned that, the like, the sisters there, too. I do wonder if it's sort of thing like, maybe, like, in a house that huge, there may be, like, 10 or 12 of them that live there. You know, it's not just two
2: or three of them. Like whole families. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's, it, it, it's sort of, you know, maybe it's like, well, we can't, you know, we can't, you know, uh, we, we, we can't give you every single mansion in L.A., <laughs> <laughs> we we
2: could, or we, maybe
0: they
1: we, did. We could have. Well, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I mean, because I know, like, when I used to do extra work, like the studio. I don't know. I imagine they still do this, but like the studios, like some of them used to own. Um, and this was twenty years ago, but there was like a mansion that one of the studios used to own up in the hills, and so when they needed a mansion, they would go there, and like there's this one mansion in. Um, uh, the the Columbo episode the 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 first regular one with Jack Cassidy,
2: Right. you know where he um, kills Marty Milner, Murder yeah, by the Book. Murder by the Book. Uh,
1: the the sequence in that where Columbo follows him into his house and he's looking at his mail, that hallway, that living room that was like one of the studio mansions, in the in the Hollywood Hills because you see that hallway and at least. One other, if not two, Columbos, and you see it in other like mystery movies and things like that. That that opening hallway and that space—that's an actual proper mansion. And so, so I, I like the thought that maybe the government, like, okay, well, we got a few mansions up there, so you know, there are fifty of you. We can may, maybe put seven or eight in each. And um, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, they're, they're an interesting race because we they're not particularly I mean they're, they're getting killed obviously but they're not particularly a sympathetic race you don't you don't particularly like them um and um I mean it's it's, it's because because of their their faces it's <laughs> it's a little tough you, you can see like you can see Dubby and, and even even the middleman a bit like when they tell the couple that the sister has died um you, you can see them struggling with I feel compassion for you, but I also kinda wanna giggle at you.
2: Yeah, yeah because they're they're like they're obviously sad yes. that their sister's been murdered, but because they have the plastic surgery faces and they're so frozen with that fixed expression, it's not like coming through, so they're like smiling while they're they're yes. uh you know, crying about it. And it makes for a really odd awful- Odd experience. Yes!
1: You, 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 you don't quite know how to take them in. And the fact, too, that they eat like they eat a. Fa- Dr. Newleaf eats a Fabergé egg.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: and a Fabergé egg, I mean, a Fabergé egg is more than the property I live on right now costs. And, and so the fact that he eats it in like 10 seconds, you're like, huh, this is an interesting. It's, a, it's an interesting race. And I, I love the fact that we are, as Earthlings, are so willing to help. Yes, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, although I will say this, um, uh, their language leaves a lot to be desired. It's all, it's all. What is it? It's stuff like pick, doc, deck, deck, back, deck, back, deck. And it must, there must be a lot of nuance yeah. in
0: those syllables. I, I,
2: I wonder what their grammar looks like. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, yes. I'd like to see one of those. Remember when I was in school, they used to do sentence diagrams. I'd love to see uh, yes. one for the deck doc TikTok take and see where it goes, see where that leads. I bet
2: us. I, I bet I could do it. Yeah, I, I was, I I was really could. good at diagramming sentences. I bet I could. <laughs> I could, I could get, get the hang of it.
1: I think you could. Um, so yeah, they're, they're an interesting they're an interesting race because um, um, they're um, it's 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 tough to gauge them because they never seem sincere, even mm-hmm. when they are, and and so it's tough to. T- Tough to talk to him, and it's 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 I I again again, as I mentioned the guy who I thought was a time traveler. Maybe there be a future episode where we see the the manicoids again. Uh, You know, maybe Maybe. I mean they're only twelve. I can't you know I can't. But but if there you know if there were if this show ran for two or three seasons, maybe the manicoids would come back and we could actually spend some time with them rather than getting involved in this this case because it's a it's a great gag that they look like people who've had horrible plastic surgery and we have to put them up at the nice places and that someone is killing them. The The reason why he's killed is they're being killed is tragic, but funny. Um, and uh, do, do you want to talk a bit about um, the, uh, I mean, uh, do, do I, I forget? Are we spoiling the middleman or not? I forgotten. Are we doing that? I know we, I think sometimes. we
2: are spoiling it.
1: Okay. We're going to spoil it. Let's so, spoil it for this one. We'll spoil it for this one. Okay. And we won't spoil it for the next one. How about that? What is the next one? Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, Maybe we should spoil that one, too. We'll uh, think of one. We'll think of one. Maybe we'll... we'll, we'll,
0: we'll,
2: Yeah, we'll just... We'll we'll go with the flow. So this flow we're going to spoil. Yes. Because it does come back to what I said about how nothing is wasted. Mm -hmm. And Lacey is watching this uh, TV psychiatrist. What's his name? Dr. Gill?
1: I think it's Doctor Gill, yeah, right? Is it and
2: Dr. Yeah. yeah, I think it's Doctor Gill. Watching him on TV, and he's a breakup expert, and that's part of what's fueling Lacey's urge to help Wendy through this. And she's giving Wendy a lot of um, Doctor Gill advice, and gives him <laughs> actually the gives her at one point the DVD of Doctor Gill or something, <laughs> or maybe it's a book, something like that. And we come to find out that the person that's kidnapping and killing and beheading because they sent the First Lady's body back without its head and there's been cases of this happening all over is it is actually Dr. Gill. So the sensitive Mm -hmm. TV therapist is actually a trophy hunter
0: Mm
2: -hmm. and the reason why he's hunting manicoids is the stupidest thing I've ever heard (laughs) but so very American in that There was a flying saucer, the Manicoid flying saucer. His daddy saw it, shot at it, as a good Southern man would do, (laughs) and made it crash on himself. And so he has been – his life has been dedicated to seeking vengeance against the Manicoids because his father basically did himself in with a Darwin move.
0: (laughs) Yes,
1: Exactly. It's, it's a great uh, it's a great what he tells the story He there's a, there's a lot I forget how much there's there's a lot of great stuff where they do the um, uh, split screen and they break the screen up into two pieces and things like that and they, they everything's moving around and constantly like a, like a comic book um, and yeah that's sort of what happens there when he tells him, well my daddy and they show this like stock footage of this old guy in black and white firing a shotgun into the air then a UFO comes down <laughs> it's so it's so perfect. Like any good Southern man, he pulled out his twelve gauge and shot at it. And when it came crashing down, the debris fell on him and killed him. So that's why I'm out to do this. And what what is his thing that Doctor Gill says was I can't I can't turn away anyone in pain or so What is, I, I forget what the...
2: yeah something mm. like that. I can't turn away from anybody in pain.
1: Yes, yes. And so so it's this weird thing where um for a moment you um. it's funny because as awful as he was when he said that to wendy when she was letting it all out i believed him Mm -hmm. which was funny because i'm sure the manicoids were far more sincere than he was but i never believed them because of their faces which was interesting um which is um I, I, i guess it must be um and I'm trying. I'm, I'm really trying to figure the man. Because I mean, it must be a thing. Like if you live on the planet, and everyone looks like that. You must. You must be able to spot the the uh, something in your body language or something. in because there's a moment too where what is it, Doctor um, 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 uh, Newleaf? Newleaf. Yes, says something like when 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 middleman says he's going to help him. Doctor Newleaf says something like, "We're survivors. We need no help." Yeah, but you came to the planet. And, and, you know, you live in the big houses and everything like that. So, you obviously, you needed a lot of help. Yeah. You know, more, more so than, like, the made-up alien race I thought of, who we can just put in a homeless encampment. <laughs> you know, um...
2: Well, but... yeah, because he, he also says, you know, we're taking care of it. Are you, though? Because yeah. people keep disappearing and reappearing without their heads. I'm yes. feeling like you're not actually taking care of it.
1: Yeah, I, um... I, I wonder if if it's meant. Oh, oh, Doctor Gill's on here. You know I can't turn someone away in emotional pain. There you go. There he goes. Um, uh, crying is what people do under strain. And there's Lacey with her <laughs> watching the watching the show. Patting next to the chair, but don't. Dubby won't Dubby won't go. She goes up her spiral staircase. Get it out, people. It's good to cry. <laughs> We're not going to be crying on here, as far as I know, unless you got something, Kristen. That year.
2: No, I have nothing no. cry worthy
1: they don't sleep either the um no
2: which is which
1: is interesting because um i um what was it i was thinking there was a um there was a superman villain was it superman villain or justice league i forget called dr destiny from a long time ago and he was a guy who was i forget he was I don't remember what he was doing. He was a scientist, and he was doing some crazy crap. And he eventually did something to himself where he couldn't sleep. And his face and his body basically became like Skeletor from Masters of the Universe. Because he couldn't sleep, his body, just everything just kind of fell in on itself until he became almost like a walking skeleton. And But they're the opposite. They're puffed out. Yeah, everything. They're robust. So, so yeah, so I guess I don't understand... I guess I don't understand things. But um, uh, what what else do you have on this one? I'm going to check uh, check my notes here.
2: Oh, we should point out that because it is Wendy's training day and she's getting on all of these pop quizzes and finding, everything, finding out everything has middle names, yes. um, that because of her mental state, which does not fit her psych profile, mm-hmm. which she pulls out of the car, and it's like <laughs> – really thick and he's got like stuff from when she was a child in there (laughs) and he says that she's not following the patterns of her breakups that she's not supposed to be prone to bouts of like outbursts of violence rage and violence it's supposed to be that she falls into serial monogamy and something else I don't remember what it was and you see her be repeatedly violent like she almost (laughs) shoots the manicoid Dr. Manilow
0: when we first meet him but he
2: has turned off her gun
0: Mm. Oh, yeah, to a bunch. prevent yeah. that, <laughs> yeah. and so
2: when she gets teleported with Doctor Gill, um, she's going to showdown with him.
0: Mm-hmm. Except
2: the gun is still off, yeah. and that's yes. what leads her to her breakdown because she's basically yes. like, "Shoot me and put my head on the wall," because this has been the worst week of my life.
0: <laughs> yes,
1: exactly. There's, there's, um, <laughs> um, uh, uh. I just want to. Well, one thing when they're because uh, I'm not going to remember this later, but this is on the TV, the TV right now <laughs> when they're going through the TV studios trying to find out what's going on, they open a very important door that has a brick wall behind it. Yes. Now it's a fake brick wall, but I love that that a do not open alarm will go off. They open there's just a brick wall. <laughs> um. But uh, now I forgot what I was going to say about um uh. Dubby and her training. Oh, oh, which just is the the great thing. The thing that the thing that she has that I think a lot of us would love is to have friends who may get a little out of hand at times, but who clearly adore her.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And at the same time, um, you have the middleman who I I don't know I don't he he he, he doesn't uh, he he adores her as a colleague. I guess because he picked her for this, and so there's the thing with the um, the the middle is it the middle watch? Uh, is that yeah. right? <laughs> is the it, yes, watch. Where, where he he gives the middle watch to Doctor Doctor Newleaf, um, and I keep on to call him Doctor Treeleaf, <laughs> but that's Treeleaf is Cockney slang for thief, and that's not what Doctor Newleaf is. Doc, doc, he gives Doctor Newleaf the this lovely middle watch and says don't eat it, just <laughs> so he can track him. And then Wendy realizes that, wait a minute, I have one of these watches. So you're able to track me? And he basically says to her, you know, don't, um, it's not really like that. I I just want you to always know that when we're working together, I always got your back. And that's what saves her in the end because she has the watch on and she distracts Dr. Gill long enough for him to come uh, with a bunch of manicoids and save the day because he... You know deactivated her gun and he's got a whole bunch of rifles and things and so so there's kind there's kind of a loveliness there where when she goes home she has Lacey and noser who who truly love her and she loves them and when she goes to work her boss is really looking out for her all the way around in a way that very few bosses i've worked with have yes. done so so there's so, there's something about um there, there's there's something about that that's really kind of lovely and um, and sort of uh, almost um, uh, I don't know like like you know living in Xanadu or um, Lost Horizon you know something like that just living in this wonderful place where everything's magical and you know you may be fighting crazy you know psych- TV psychologists who who hunt aliens but it's gonna be all right in the end yeah. it's gonna be okay yeah it's gonna be all right and you know what your your, your ex boyfriend may have done all this but um you know, I think his his film's probably going to turn out to be crap.
2: Oh, absolutely. Total yeah. box office bombs.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I like to think if this show had gone the full season, the last episode would have involved the movie and seeing what it was. Oh, yeah. And maybe somehow the Weinstocks would have turned out to be aliens who wanted to destroy the Earth or something, and they knew she was a middleman or middle <laughs> gal, and so they were using, somehow used the footage of her to do something or other. To compromise the middleman uh, headquarters or something like that. See that—that's to me. Oh,
2: that would have been thrilling. I would have loved that.
1: Would that have been great if they like showed the movie and and uh, like the movie hit a certain point where something happens in the movie and then like everything in the middleman headquarters like shuts down <laughs> or or, or it shuts down and and like they they no longer get the mysterious packages filled with things and stuff like that and suddenly it's just like. And I, I just shuts down, you know. Just you know, just it, it could either be a big thing, you know, where it, like a like an electromagnetic pulse shooting out from the film and destroying the middleman headquarters, or something more like um, everything we have is taken away from us. Yeah. You know, but that would have been a great like two hour finale for the first season. The movie, the movie is. Is is somehow rigged with subliminal messages and subliminal words. I like this.
2: Damn it. Yes. Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! Damn! Should have done this.
1: <laughs> so, uh, so what else? What else do you have on this one? I think, um, I mean, apart from uh, saying lines, I love. Um, I, uh, I, I think, I think I've, I kind of covered it. It's, it's quite, it's quite a fun episode. That, um, uh, and I, I'd like to see the manicoids more, just to see if um, I, I can feel a little more compassion for them because at moments I almost do but I never quite do. And yeah.
2: They're like I wish you no harm but I don't want to hang out with you.
1: Yes. Exactly. They, they they have that slightly sort of alien thing where it's like um, uh, we know we need your help. You know you need our we. you know we need your help but we're because of the way our faces look, and because we're a rather proud race, um, we're never going to fully say, "Hey, thanks." You know, it's it's always going to be a bit of tick tock, tick tock, running away, and it's like, "What are you guys doing?" You know, it's just like <laughs> it, it's it's like it's it's like uh, around the universe, it doesn't matter if if you if you if you got that look on your face, that's some sort of weird egotistical arrogance. And yeah. it's it's not bad that that's part of their race. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they've done a lot of great stuff. But um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just kind of fascinated with them, and I'd love to learn more about them. But I don't think we do. Yes.
2: No. I don't think
1: so. So, so what else do you have? You have anything else on this one? I think I think I'm good.
2: Um, I just want to mention one last thing, and that is Palomino. Yes. The song <laughs> when yeah. they when they Doctor Gill it starts playing palomino
1: yes 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 uh yeah oh yeah. there oh yeah it just happened on the screen right here yep yep yeah
2: uh that was a nice clean living one
1: credo justice was his bride yep yeah. <laughs> uh saving the day yeah palomino oh good stuff there is that there is a moment too where you get the couple of shots of um, Wendy in black and white, like putting her clothes on and stuff,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which looks like it's some kind of montage, but isn't it, not is it quite, or is it? Or I am I making that up? Does that happen? I think that happens. I could be making that up, everyone. That could be. It could be something. <laughs> I, he I, thought I, he I,
2: saw I, her crack, and now he's just visualizing <laughs> her getting dressed. The I,
1: <laughs> I thought. I thought that maybe halfway through, after, um, after after she she came home and maybe Lacey was there watching one of the videos. There were just some shot, shots where there was like a song playing, and there were just like black and white photos of like her just putting on her shoes and getting ready for the day, kind of thing. I could be high though. I could be making that up. <laughs> um, if I'm not making episode. that up, I'll get back to you. I will get back to you. But um, uh, so if did you have anything else? Are you good?
2: Yeah, I think I'm
1: good on this one. How about okay. you? All right, I think I think I'm good. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a fun episode with a lot of lot of a uh, lot of great stuff going on. Lots of, lots of lots of funny moments, lots of weird moments, um, and and that moment when you see all the animal heads on Doctor Gill's wall, and then you see four of the manicoid heads, is a wonderful sort of <laughs> oh that's what he's doing uh, kind of thing. Um, but. Um, uh yeah what, so so where 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 can we find you online or anywhere
2: You can find me uh at com. it is the home of my podcast bookum dano an old Hawaii five o podcast you can also find me on my blog kikiwritesabout.com and if you want to f- want my thoughts on manicoids in real time you can get that by following me on twitter at kikirites
1: Excellent um thank you and and next next up we got um Ooh, we got this. Is, we have some. Well, we, we, we talked about zombies in this one, and actually, um, I did. There was one more thing, and I didn't write it down because I thought I'm going to remember this. <laughs> I didn't remember this. There are a lot of Back to the Future references in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she mentions. Um, oh, oh, it's a uh, weirded InteraDroid Four Thousand. Say the bomb he had hidden was kept. Um, was it Twin Pines Mall? Yes. And then there's a moment where they go to talk to some policemen and they introduce... Oh, or is it when they go to talk to the Manacois and they introduce themselves? As I want to say, Dr. Emmett Brown and Clara Clayton. Mm-hmm. Which is Clara, of course, Mary Steenburgen from Back to the Future 3. And I want to say they may do a Buford Tannen joke in there too, but there I could be making that up. But there's a lot of Back to the Future references in there introducing themselves kind of things and stuff like that. Um, but that's... That's all I have to say on that, because I meant to say that earlier, but I forgot. (laughs) So we are done with this now, and next up we have zombies, actual proper zombies, sort of. Bam, bump. All right, everyone, that's the end of episode 132, and yes, sometimes I like to play the Ellery Queen music, sometimes I just like to bam, bam it. Uh, And so that was the end of the episode. Hope you enjoyed, everyone. We are, um, yeah, we're cooking along. What are we, we're, we're, we are... We're about halfway through yeah, we're about halfway through Gold Monkey. Uh we're still in the first third, right, of of the middleman. And we are we are nearing we are in the we've only got four episodes of Battlestar Galactica left, so we're beginning to wind down there. Uh regardless of all that, you come back next time and you'll hear us talk a lot more. Where can you find us online? Uh <sighs> die Supertrain one on Twitter, eventually supertrain uh, Facebook and uh, Danny slacks at yahoo.com and eventually Occasionally I do forget to post when a new episode goes up. That's probably because I'm busy and once I sometimes once I post the episode, it's such a relief. That I immediately forget about it. So please forget about it. Forgive me, and um, I'll talk to you next time. We'll be back. Um, episode one thirty three. Be good to yourself, and um, here's a little bit of this. Don't
0: be like me. I got behind. I'll never catch super Boxbud.com Convince you I'm super trainer Boxbud.com